the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. My name is Mike Lee, and I am privileged to be the Director of Local Ministries here at True Talk, KPDQ, The Fish, and El Rey. And our very special guest in the studio today is Terry McNabb, the Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Portland. How are you today, Terry? I'm great, Mike. Thanks for having me on. Wanted to thank you so much for coming in. Calvary Chapel, Portland is located on Wilshire Street in Portland, and if you're taking the Sunset Highway, it's exit 69B, and if you're going northbound on I-217, you can take the very last ramp to 26 East and immediately exit to Southwest Wilshire Street, and that's how you find Calvary Chapel, Portland. You may know them from their various outreaches and ministries and partnerships, which would include your youth pastor, Stuart Smith, and Sold Out for Teens. Sold Out for Teens has really been a blessing. The Lord has helped us to reach some uh, some of the homeless teens in, in the Portland area, the Beaverton area, and the Lord's just really provided some means and a good relationship with the school districts to, to uh, connect with those kids. It's really quite amazing how embraced your church has become in the Portland Public School District by what you do for them, whether it's activities, getting together with youth, or resources like backpacks or incredibly beautiful sneakers. I have to admit, I was working an event with you in the past, and I was quite jealous of the Nikes that these kids were getting because my kids are not going to see any shoes that that fancy. But you know what? It's funny how God opened those doors for you. And it's because not only are you Christ followers, but you are doers of the word, not hearers only. And that can be so cliched, but you really do get out there. Up until now, Calvary Chapel Portland has been the host church for Operation Christmas Child, keeping the tractor trailers in your parking lot. Yes, and yes. That, that's another reason I really got to know and love what you do here in the community. It's been great to have you uh, just come out and share those events with us, Mike. Operation Christmas Child, we got started with it when it was a brand new project. Years ago, Some a woman in my church came to me and said, uh, told me about the project, putting these shoe boxes together for kids in other countries, and I thought, great, if the Lord will use that. And now all these years, we've become um, one of the host sites in Portland and just look forward to using that as an opportunity to get our people active to serving the Lord. And it's so important that our people in our local churches are able to share in the work together instead of hearing us pastors just talk about it or sending money off to the mission field, which is all great, but they are so excited and benefit from seeing uh, the little projects they do become uh, a big impact in these kids' lives in other countries. 
Another thing I love about you, Pastor Terry, and your family at Calvary Chapel Portland is the fact that not only are you thinking globally in reaching out to some of the poorest people in the face of the earth through Operation Christmas Child, but you also do things quite locally, whether it is sold out for teens, ministering to people, uh, homeless people in, in the Beaverton area. There are a few things coming up just around the corner that we want our listeners to know about. So would you like to inform us about them, please? Well, we... Uh jumped in last year to be a host site for the yearly crusade with Greg Laurie. It's called Harvest America. And years ago, Greg Laurie uh, stepped out in faith with the local churches in Orange County to do a, a Billy Graham type of crusade for the younger generation with younger music and those things. And the Lord really blessed it. And I lived down in Orange County at the time, 20 plus years ago, but uh, recently, in the recent years, they've decided to take this nationally and globally and ask churches and Christians to be host sites to stream the event live and to invite their friends, their non-Christian friends out to hear the gospel as if they're sitting there live at the event. It'll be great Christian music, contemporary music, and uh, just the gospel message from Greg Laurie. And this year, the event is October 5th. They'll be streaming live from Dallas, Texas, and uh, churches around the country, hundreds of sites are are sharing in this, and other churches in Portland are doing it, but we're one of the sites that's sharing in this, and our church is excited to bring people to know the Lord and to hear Greg Laurie. So it starts at four in the afternoon, uh, that Sunday afternoon, four, goes from four to six, We'll be opening the doors at 3.30, some pre-event activities in-house, and it's just a lot of fun. But amazingly, we see people respond to the Lord and want to hear a fresh message about Jesus Christ, and we've just seen it very, very effectively done. I remember growing up in, in the youth group back in New York, going on a trip up to Connecticut where we went to one of these Billy Graham crusades. We slept in sleeping bags overnight on a church floor, and we went the next day, and I remember walking down those steps and meeting a gentleman, and I grew up in the church, but I really felt a need to do this and to, to stand forward on my own. Uh, unfortunately, I had some real stupid years after that, but I do believe, Terry, that that was one of the moments that God allowed me to just kind of stand on my own versus being a church-raised kid. Very, and, very important. And at that point, back at this Billy Graham crusade in Connecticut, the the young uh, upcoming musician they had was a, a piano player named Michael W. Smith. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's kind of nice to see Harvest America with Greg Laurie coming this Sunday, October 5th. The doors are open at 3.30 with a pre-party with live music at Calvary Chapel, Portland. In addition to that, there will be a B-Boy exhibition. And That's I have right. to admit, what on earth is a B-Boy exhibition? <laughs> uh, Breakdancing. Yeah, we've got some uh, kids in our church that love to do it, and they serve with us in ministry in other areas of the church. And we just thought, man, let's just have some fun that night and uh, just kind of break the ice uh, before we get into the streaming event. But they're going to do it live in-house, and it'll be a lot of fun. So we are looking forward to that. You can find more information on the website, calvarychapelportland.com. They're also on Facebook and on Twitter. And there's two more events we have coming up 
in October that I'd like you to know about. If you are the leader of a ministry, we have Raul Reese coming to town for a ministry leadership breakfast. It's going to be at the Sheridan Portland Airport, 745 to 10 a.m. on Friday, October 17th. And again, that is for anyone who is serving as a leader in a ministry currently. But before that, the night before, it's Listener Appreciation Night with Raul Reese of Somebody Loves You Radio. That's going to be from 7 to 9 p.m. Thursday, October 16th, right at Calvary Chapel, Portland. And we were just talking about the logistics of that and putting it together. So thank you for taking your resources and your church body, whether it's the older set or the younger kids doing this uh, B-Boy exhibition at your Harvest America event, and for opening your doors not only to the local community, but to all of our listeners as well. So tell us about your experience with Raw Reese. Well, growing up in Southern California, I was there to just participate in the early days of the, the Jesus movement, as we call it in Calvary Chapel, uh, that revival of the beginnings of Calvary Chapel in the late 60s, early 70s. And being a young man, I was a teenager in the 70s. I came around Calvary Chapel like a lot of young people for the music, even though I had grown up in church in the Los Angeles area. It was really at Calvary that I really committed my life to the Lord in a, in a, in a real way to serve the Lord rather than just go to church. And it was at one of those famous Saturday night concerts where I went forward and just completely committed my life to the Lord. And being a young musician, I wanted to play music and just be a part of all the excitement of things. And over the years, I ended up playing with people and then going out to several of the Calvary chapels around L.A. and Orange County to play music. And I was just around Raul Reese and Greg Laurie and Mike McIntosh and the the various Calvary pastors playing music with different people. I played drums for a lot of people. And uh, it was just, I felt like, I knew the Lord was getting me just around ministry more than just around music. And uh, I was out at at Rawls Church probably about once a month when he was still out of West Covina playing with somebody and uh, just being around that ministry environment the Lord was just preparing me for the ministry. So I really look up to Rawl as a, a ministry example, an example of a pastor that I wanted to be like, although I don't talk like him at all. Um, and guys like Greg Laurie as well, it's interesting that we're doing both of these events here in October, but these were both men that I looked to as pastoral examples, as well as Pastor Chuck Smith as I attended Calvary Costa Mesa. It's wild that all these roots that you have are culminating back in the one month worth of events for you yeah. right here at Calvary Chapel, Portland, huh? Yeah, I think that's the Lord. I think it it just it just feels like the Lord is pulling all these together, and I just love the partnership with KPDQ to do this event with you. It shares um, my background as well as the Lord bringing me to Portland as I've been here now 21 years, and I get to connect my background with Calvary and Rawl and Greg, as well as KPDQ and partnering with you. But I'm looking forward to being a host for Rawl Reese for that KPDQ listener appreciation night. I think it's really going to be a blessing. Thursday, October 16th, join us for Rawl Reese if somebody loves you for the listener appreciation night at Calvary Chapel, Portland. More details are online at kpdq.com. And when we return, 
More with Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel Portland, Terry McNabb on Difference Makers on True Talk 800. You're listening to Difference Makers on True Talk 800 with our very special guest, Terry McNabb, the Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel Portland on Wilshire in Portland. More information on the church is available on Facebook, on Twitter, and on their website, CalvaryChapelPortland.com. Thank you for having an easy-to-remember website. Not every church does, unfortunately, Terry. You're welcome. <laughs> and Calvary Chapel Portland is also the host of Listener Appreciation Night with Raul Reese of Somebody Loves You Radio. That'll be from 7 to 9 p.m. on Thursday, October 16th at Calvary Chapel Portland. Admission is absolutely free. What we want to do is have you listeners... Come on out, be blessed, enjoy some great worship by Calvary Chapel Portland's band. In addition to that, hear a message live from Raul Reese, who's flying in. You remember him from Somebody Loves You radio program. And if you RSVP at kpdq.com or at truetalk800.com, it makes us more able to prepare for the event. So we really hope you're able to come out. Would you like to share more about the Listener Appreciation Night that you'll be hosting, Pastor Terry? Well, it's just a, an opportunity to hear Pastor Rawl, and I, I, I would uh, think so many in Portland would love to get to know him more, to hear him more. I understand he's been here on the radio at KPDQ about a year and a half. Is that right, Mike? That's about right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think uh, he just has a, a basic, simple message, teaching through God's Word, but just so sharp on evangelism. Uh, wanting people to come to a relationship with Jesus Christ. And for all the years that Rawl has been preaching the gospel, he is as fired up as ever, and he is somebody that is worth listening to. So I'm looking forward to being there, to, um, you know, I knew him many years ago when I lived in Southern California, and so now for me to be able to host him at our church is really special for me. We're very happy to air Somebody Loves You on both True Talk 800 and on 93.9 KPDQ. But for some of our listeners who might be less familiar with Raul Reese, can you share what has impacted your life from Raul the most? Well, Raul's passion. Raul is not afraid to preach the gospel and say you need a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's simple. It's powerful. He gets... Uh, He's just known for being fiery, and he is always looking for a venue, a place, an audience to tell people about Jesus Christ. And, you know, I I always feel uh, charged up when I am around Rawl, when I hear him speak or whenever I just talk to him. He just, over many, many years, has maintained that plain, simple passion for the Lord, and it's, it's always inspiring for me. So how's it been for you moving up to the Portland area? Can you give us some of your history? Where did you grow up, for instance? Well, I grew up in the Los Angeles area in a town called Carson. It was in the South Bay around Torrens, Gardena, Redondo Beach. And, uh, you know, back then, uh, as a child, I went to church. My mother took me to church, but my father was the other side. My father was an alcoholic. And so it was interesting, looking back, every day I had these two choices— the Lord or the world, the Lord or the world. And uh, my mother was, was amazing and faithful to take me to church. Mm-hmm. I have uh, three older sisters, an older brother who passed away about 12 years ago. Um, 
And just growing up in church, like many people, I wasn't sure that I was going to continue in church. Um, you know, like a lot of young people around L.A., I played, wanted to play music, and I wanted a career in music. And, uh, you know, I thought I'd get out of high school and go find my place playing music. Um, but it, the Lord used it to show me what was really in the world. And the more I was around the music business, it kind of backfired, and the Lord showed me I didn't want it. So what were some of your earlier influences? You mentioned that you were a drummer initially before picking up guitar, right? Yeah, I've played drums for well over 40 years. And uh, I just I just thought, you know, I'm going to work hard at this. I knew I had some talent. And, you know, around that era, you can study with, with famous, you know, professionals. And, and I did this, and I just thought, I'm going to be... I'm going to be diligent, and I'm going to do this. So who who really sparked that love of music in you? What early influences well, made it, you want to go into drumming in the first place? Well, we're talking the 70s in L.A. It was, uh, it was just a hotbed of music, just for music in general, as well as Christian music, secular as well as Christian music. And there was the, there was, you know, the, what was happening in L.A. of all the big-time music going on just the secular stuff of and it was anywhere from the eagles to to led zeppelin and all that kind of stuff and you know man i just wanted to be uh, just a great musician but as well what happened what the lord seemed to take that that uh, environment for music and use it for him because a lot of those musicians were the hippies of the 60s and when the Lord brought them into a relationship with him, those kids that were playing music came into the church and they brought their own music. And that's what the Lord used to start a new style of worship in the church, which many churches use today. And many people don't know in the churches that this new style of worship came from hippies in the 60s. So up until then, was it mostly traditional mainstream hymnals, yeah, was, what you might find in, say, my old Presbyterian yeah. church where I grew up. It was hymns and choruses were coming in with the Gaithers, um, but it didn't really get rowdy until the late 60s. I think it was around the late 60s. I was a bit young at that time. But but these kids, that it, this move of God that was dubbed the Jesus Movement, um, they brought their own style of music. And as, as Pastor Chuck would tell the story, they would just show up at church and say, hey, the Lord gave me a song, can I play this? And he would say, well, you know what? You've only been a Christian a few weeks. What do you know about writing Christian music? And as he would listen to their music, he discovered that God was doing a brand new work in these kids and that they were right out of the world, talented musicians, but they had such a love for the Lord and the Lord was filling their hearts with this fresh music style. And it would be early bands like Love Song were leading the way in this music. And their influence sparked many other of the early Christian bands like uh, Gentle Faith and Parable and Mustard Seed Faith. Those were the bands that, that I was around in and um, came to play with some of the members of those groups later on. As I was a little younger than, than those that generation, but um, as I'd got to get got to know them and played some music, the Lord used music in my life to keep me in church. Where my mother in the you know in the mid seventies 
when I was playing drums, she was just afraid it was going to take me into drugs. You know, don't play drums and rock and roll. That's a gateway to drugs. <laughs> Especially in a hotbed like SoCal, in the yeah, L.A. area yeah, where you were absolutely. growing up, right? Yeah, that was just assumed. And I understand my mother just <clears throat> wanted me to know the Lord and be protected from that stuff. But it's fascinating how the Lord used my love for music, which he really put in my heart anyway, to keep me in church and and ultimately um, to save a generation that was drifting away from mainstream society, what you know was called the hippie generation. But that was the beginnings of Calvary Chapel that attracted me into church. And then as I am playing more Christian music than secular music, I got a taste for ministry. I remember, you know, being disappointed with the music business, and I got a call from some guys at Calvary Costa Mesa, and they said, hey, we, we need a drummer to go on a missions trip to Australia. And this was the, you know, the mid-'80s. And I had never done that before, but I just wanted to play music so bad. And I went on this trip. We were in Australia for three weeks playing in the public schools and sharing the gospel. And I remember on the way home, on the, on the airplane, on the way home from Australia, saying to myself, I could do this again. I, I just loved the ministry because it was substantial. When I would just play music and do gigs or a recording session, I would, it's over and it, it's exciting in the moment, but once it was done, it was done. And there was nothing lasting about it other than, uh, you know, a neat music experience. But, you know, for me, though, it seemed like the Lord had put something more in my heart to want to do. And so once I got a taste of ministry, um, at first it was music. And as the years went on, I got a chance to teach a, a small group Bible study for the youth group. And like a lot of people, help out with the youth group. That was me, um, you know, 35 years ago. Uh, not quite 35 years ago, about uh, almost 30 years ago. And I would teach a little bit, and man, I was a lousy teacher back then. But I enjoyed it. I I, I loved studying and learning more about God's Word, because it was really uh, the study of God's Word and plain, simple Bible teaching that helped me to grow in my love for the Lord and to discover how exciting the Bible was. And I didn't know that as a child growing up in the church I was in. It was it was just a bit of routine church, like we all have experienced at times. Um, but it was, um, after I got married, it was a pastor named George Wood at an Assemblies of God church in Orange County. He was an amazing Bible teacher. And uh, after some years there, I grew and and I felt God's calling to ministry more, and I went to Calvary Costa Mesa that was where a lot of music was happening, and the Lord helped me to grow there under Pastor Chuck's teaching. And I just thought, man, I just want to know more of God's Word, because I was growing so much. And eventually, then the Lord turned it to me being a teacher of other people, and I was just telling people what I was learning, and all of a sudden, people were calling me pastor uh, 21 years ago when I came to Portland. And here you are today, Terry McNabb, the senior pastor of Calvary Chapel, Portland, hosting our Listener Appreciation Night with Raw Reese of Somebody Loves You, Thursday, October 16th at Calvary Chapel, Portland. And if you are in ministry leadership, join us for the ministry leadership breakfast with Raw Reese. 
Friday morning, 745 at the Sheridan Portland Airport. You can RSVP right now at kpdq.com or at truetalk800.com. Thanks for tuning in to Difference Makers on True Talk 800 with our very special guest, the senior pastor of Calvary Chapel, Portland, Terry McNabb. His church will be hosting Listener Appreciation Night with Raul Reese of Somebody Loves You Radio Thursday, October 16th, starting at 7 p.m. at Calvary Chapel, Portland. Make sure to RSVP at kpdq.com or at truetalk800.com. And if you are serving as a leader in ministry, feel free to join us for the Ministry Leadership Breakfast with Raul Reese, 745 a.m. on Friday, October 17th at the Sheraton Portland Airport. Terry, we were talking about how you were raised, and the influences that led to you leaving a music desire when it comes to your your chosen industry to go into teaching. So where, growing up in your house with your faithful mom and your alcoholic father, where did it sink in to you? When was your light bulb moment where your faith became your own? Well, when my faith became my own was when I was in my early 20s. Absolutely. Um, but I would say even before that, when I was around 13, 14, 15, is very young, I still wasn't yet thinking, oh, I'm going to go into the ministry. But what was interesting about being raised in a house with a faithful mother who loved the Lord and an alcoholic father, where some people might have said, you know, weren't you tempted to drink like your father? And uh, many people were worried about that That in my life. Would I go off in that direction? But it's interesting how it went the other way in my life. Rather than tempt me to go off into drinking or walking away from the Lord, I was able to see every day in my home the effects of alcohol. I could see in my own father what happens when you walk away from the Lord. Because actually, before my father ever started drinking, he was actually in seminary to be a pastor. Was he really? He was. This was way before I was born. My parents were from Missouri. And my mother, one day we were were getting in the car. My father was going to take us to church. And my father, strangely, though he didn't go to church, he would watch Christian television like a Sunday morning program. And right now, I can't remember who it was my dad would watch every Sunday morning. And one day, as I was a teenager, my mother said, your dad used to be in seminary with that preacher. Seriously? Yeah. Wow. And so and I had looked, no idea. I had no idea. My dad never talked about it. And, and now I realize God intended for me to be raised by a pastor. God had intended for me to be a pastor. That's what the Bible says. God's prepared good works for us to walk in, and he's preparing us for those good works. And I should have been raised by a minister. But Satan, you know, got a hold of my father's life, and it went sideways. But God's plans for my life were fulfilled anyway, which is just amazing of the faithfulness of God and the ability of God to to work out his plans for your life when it, even when it seems like things didn't work out for you. I have acquaintances that maybe the, the Lord gave them a vision as a child or as a teenager to go into full-time ministry. And then, like your dad's 
instance, something came up. A lot of the time it happens to be financial debt. Oh, yeah. the Lord told yes. me to be a full-time missionary and instead I got stuck with all this debt and I'll never leave the house now. Mm-hmm. And that grieves me every time I hear it. But our God is indeed the God of second chances. Uh, I, I know of people who at a very young age felt led or called into ministry and they rocked it as teenagers. And mm-hmm. then something happened after that. But it's not over. It's, it's not, not over. over. While you still have breath on this earth, yes. friends, no matter how far you feel you've fallen, God wants you back. And he would Absolutely. leave the 99 sheep to, to go and get you. To go and get you. And that's that's part of what is really my heart for ministry is, of course, it is to reach the unsaved and bring them into a relationship with Jesus Christ. That is the heart of why the church exists. Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples. So we're all doing that. All of us churches in the greater Portland area, we're all doing that in our different personalities, our different styles, our different gifts. One of the things that is additionally on my heart is to reach Christians who aren't going to church anymore. Maybe they've had a disappointment along the way. And maybe it was just a family crisis, a financial crisis, um, maybe something they thought God should have helped them out with, and it didn't happen exactly as they thought it should have gone. And, you know, those years of disappointment where they think God is done with them, I want them to discover that God has never, never abandoned them. I want them to know that they can still trust the Lord that they can even trust his word, which is a big part of what is being questioned in today's Christianity is just the reliability of God's word. And that's the very thing that the Lord used to give me a deeper relationship with him was the the reliability, the inspiration, the inerrancy, the power of God's word. The more I learned, the more I realized I could trust it. It wasn't that I was going to discover some hidden mistake or error or heresy in this book we called the Bible, which is really 66 books, but I discovered the more I tested it, the more I proved it, the more everything I learned as a child was true. And I want a chance to speak to those those members of our family, the Christian family, who were out of fellowship to just remember that the Lord loves them. I remember in my 20s and 30s how, how, how much I appreciated and never grew tired of, hearing, tired of hearing that the Lord loved me because I was questioning my life. Where am I going? What's happening? Where is God? And just to hear the Lord loved me and that he was working out his plans for my life was so reassuring now, I didn't know where it was going to go, but I knew I wasn't going to go where my father went. I, I had seen the end of that, how his life was destroyed by alcohol, which could have been any other th- thing that was a, you know, an indulgence and an escape. People are looking for an escape, but once the escape wears off, they're left with that same emptiness. And the only thing that fills that emptiness is a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not going to be the approval of friends, the number of likes you have on your last brilliant Facebook or Twitter posting. It's going to be 
through Christ alone, not by anything that we do, but by what Christ has already done mm-hmm. by sacrificing himself on Absolutely. the cross for us. And we put the, these incredible high standards for people in the church or in ministry. And in yes. some ways, we're almost setting ourselves up for disappointment. Man, you you nailed it right there with that one, Mike. I, I think we set people up for a disappointment. Um, so often we get kids off to youth camp and we tell them, you know what, uh, you need to have a vision and you need to convince God of your vision and you need to go change the world. And so we get these kids fired up and they have a vision for a ministry or their life and they they passionately cry out to God. And the more I learn of the way God works in our life, I realize that, first of all, God's vision for our life is usually greater than our own vision for our own life. And often the vision we come up with, with some awesome plan for our life, is not really accurate. It's not usually fully developed in our mind. We often don't know the amazing things that God would want to do. And for example, as I look through the Bible at the the people that God has used, Abraham, David, Moses, none of them had the idea for how God was going to use their life. None of them came up with the idea. Abraham didn't go to Abram, didn't go to God and said, "God, I have a plan." I'm going to leave my family and my country and my, the idols of my family heritage, and you're going to give me a new homeland. Nobody in the Bible that God used came up with the idea. In fact, God went to them and said, I have a plan for your life, and if you'll trust me, I'll work it out on your behalf, and I will be glorified. And so rather than me being disappointed that my vision didn't work out, I've learned to just set aside my agenda and seek the Lord for his plans for my life, and I will never be disappointed. Terry McNabb is the senior pastor of Calvary Chapel, Portland, on Wilshire Street in Portland. More information on the church is available on the website, calvarychapelportland.com. And don't forget that Raul Reese from Somebody Loves You Radio is coming to Portland, and you can see him. Won't you please join us at Listener Appreciation Night? Calvary Chapel, Portland is the host church from 7 to 9 p.m. on Thursday, October 16th. And if you are currently serving as a leader in ministry, won't you please join us for the Ministry Leadership Breakfast the following morning with Raul Reese. It begins at 7.45 a.m. on Friday, October 17th at the Sheridan Portland Airport. And although both the friends are absolutely free of charge, please, please, please make our lives easier to prepare for the events by RSVPing at kpdq.com or at truetalk800.com. Three important events are coming to Portland that you need to know about. Coming up this Sunday, October 5th, Harvest America with Greg Laurie happens to involve music from Mercy Me and our own Phil Wickham. Those will open at 3.30 p.m. at Calvary Chapel, Portland. And they'll also have a live music pre-party, including a b-boy exhibition with your kids doing what now? Well, breakdancing. Us old people call it breakdancing. So if I did it, I'd be breaking something, but they're going to do it, <laughs> and they're going to they're gonna just have some fun for us to start off the event that night. 
Admission is free of charge. More information at CalvaryChapelPortland.com. And Raul Reese from Somebody Loves You Radio, which airs both on KPDQ and on True Talk 800. He'll be in town for two events. Listener Appreciation Night is at Calvary Chapel Portland, 7 to 9 p.m. on Thursday, October 16th. And if you're currently serving as a leader in ministry, join us for... Bridging the Gap. It's the Ministry Leadership Breakfast featuring Raul Reese, our keynote speaker. 7.45 a.m. It starts on Friday, October 17th at the Sheridan Portland Airport. Please, please, please RSVP before it's too late at kpdq.com. And we're very excited about both events coming up. And we're also excited that Terry has been a senior pastor at Calvary Chapel Portland for how many years now? 21 years. 21 fast years. You look young, so I guess it hasn't aged you too badly. Earlier on, Terry was explaining about not only a need to witness to the completely unchurched, but to really have an outreach to people who maybe grew up in the church and somewhere down the line became disenchanted for for whatever reason. And some of these reasons are really quite legitimate. So, Terry, in your experience as a senior pastor, is it easier to witness to those who have never heard about God before or those who grew up in the church and somewhere down the line got burned or discouraged? Well, I think it's a little easier to share the Lord with somebody who already has been in church and has some connection and background, and unless they've really just allowed their heart to become hard and angry. But most Christians who are just out of church and out of fellowship for some years, they still have a love for the Lord. They just aren't quite sure about the local church. They're not not quite sure who to trust. And, you know, we, we just need to get back to the basics of what the purpose of the church is. Uh, Now, being a pastor for 20 years, I confess it's easy to lose the focus of the main thing. And sometimes we make church about church. We get focused on our planning our church calendars and the events that go through the year. And here, summer has just finished, and now we're, we're planning the holidays and the services that we'll have for Christmas and things. But, you know, the purpose of church and being a pastor is not to run a church. It is to reach people. And if I make it all about church, then I have forgotten why God made me a pastor. And I think when we just get back to the purpose of the church, which is to serve people on behalf of the Lord, I think the Lord got it right when he said to Peter, Peter, do you love me? said that to Peter three times, and he told Peter to do two things, feed my sheep and care for my sheep. And I think when we do those two things and keep it simple, that people respect that and they will respond to that. That's all people want is for us as ministers and as the church to do what the Lord put us here to do, and that is to love people on on behalf of the Lord. And we want them to grow because we want them to discover God's will for their life. And sometimes we make it, well, we want them to get connected to the church so that we can build a bigger church. And as much as all of us pastors want to grow churches and reach more people— You know, I think people can sense if we're doing it because we love the Lord or just because we want to build our churches. And uh, we as pastors always have to check that motive in our hearts. But over 20 years, I think think the Lord's helped me to sort, sort that out somewhat. 
And, and I know there are so many people out in Portland that I just want a chance to talk to personally and to remind them of a love relationship with the Lord. It's not about performance. It's not about church attendance, although we want to see them in church. It is to be around people who love the Lord, and let's support one another. Let's care for one another. Let's discover what God's Word has said, which is still relevant after all of these years of people saying, is the Bible relevant? And some of the the basic patterns, whenever there is a great church revival uh, in church history over the 2,000 years, two things always happen whenever, whenever there's a real revival and not a manufactured program. There is a restoration of a love for God, and there is a renewing of a love for God's Word. And those two things are always there in a real revival. And outside of those two things, everything else is, should be supportive of our love for the Lord, our love for His Word, being directed by the move of the Spirit. What does God want to do in our lives? And all the church programs are merely to facilitate serving the Lord and reaching people. But sometimes we do make it about programs, and people get burned out on that. And so um, over the years, I've just tried tried to make the programs of the church focus on the main thing, and that is to know the Lord, to grow into His image, and, and how do we reach more people outside the church? Because Portland is really a—although there's a lot of people that go to church— it's not generally a church type of culture, whereas in Orange County or other parts of the country, a lot of people go to church, even if they aren't sincere about it. Because it's part of the culture. It's part of the culture. Portland is not a church culture, which is actually fine, because we don't want to confuse church with a relationship with the Lord. Um, when they come to church, we want them to go to know exactly what our church is about and as visitors come, we want them to see right through any, any you know, first impression that we want them to know the Lord, that it's not about, uh, you know, making them serve us. Those were one of the early lessons I learned from Pastor Chuck. Pastor Chuck. The church exists to serve people. The church does not exist to be served. And I think people can pick up on that pretty quick if they feel like you just want something from them. But I have seen over and over again when people discover that God does love them or rediscover that God loves them and that they will trust a local church that they don't have any other agenda except to be God's servant, to be God's hands and feet, the body of Christ, to minister to that person when they discover the Lord and have a trust for their pastor and the people in that church, they rekindle a love for the Lord, and the Lord brings them back into the local church. And I know there are lots of those people around Portland, and uh, that's just been one of the things that I've seen the Lord do in our church, is bring people back to church who used to go to church, or really back to the Lord and back into fellowship with others who are, we're all alike, you know, we're all just working out our lives. People will come to church and say, oh, my life's too messed up, I can't come here. 
And I'm going, look, all these people you think that have it together, they don't. We're all just like you. We've all been through difficulties. We've all had times where we weren't sure if if we knew if we could trust the Lord or not. And we're just like you. So just be honest. Be here with us. Let's seek the Lord together, and let's see what He wants to do in our lives. And just that transparency and honesty is refreshing, and it helps me to keep my ministry fresh. And I don't ever want to get tired in the ministry and forget what it's really about. It's just loving the Lord and loving people, and I think, I think that's what Jesus said, didn't he? Amen to that. Do you love having your family work beside you at Calvary Chapel, Portland? Would you like to share and boast a little bit about that and know that it's okay to? Well, it's really great. When I came here, um, you know, my wife and I, we had three little girls, about six, eight, and ten. I might be off a year or two there. Uh, three little girls. And what's interesting is that I have, I have three girls, I have three sisters, and so that seems to be my life, is to be around girls. Um, and we stopped after three. My wife is a, a PK. My father-in-law is a pastor, pastored a church in Seattle for 20-plus years. And over the years, as we've been here, our kids have grown uh, in the ministry with us, as we have grown to learn the ministry. And now my oldest daughter, Lauren, is our worship leader. And her husband, she married um, my previous worship leader's son, who is a musician, plays drums. And uh, we all play music together. And uh, my my daughter's become my worship leader in the past year. And it's great to have family on staff with me because they know me. And in areas that I need to to grow and to stay fresh, my own kids are willing to tell me the truth. Um, rather than just to be artificially supportive, we have the same heart to reach people. And if they start to feel like, you know what, I'm getting a little stale or... Um, I need to to get current a little bit in maybe methods of ministry or style of ministry. Um, they have really helped me to grow, and it's really been a blessing. And uh, that is something the Lord's really done in the last year, is to add a lot of younger young adults to our staff and to leadership that has just revived uh, some of the work that's in the ministry, in our church right now. It's all about loving God and sharing His love with others and building each other up together in his word. Don't miss such events that'll help you get there or help maybe bring people who've fallen away from the Lord or don't yet know the Lord to Calvary Chapel, Portland on Wilshire Street in Portland for Harvest America with Greg Laurie featuring Mercer Me and Phil Wickham this Sunday, October 5th, beginning at 4, doors open at 3.30 p.m. And won't you please join us for Raul Reese of Somebody Loves You Radio? Listener Appreciation Night is at Calvary Chapel, Portland, Thursday, October 16th, starting at 7. Please RSVP ahead of time at kpdq.com. And if you serve in leadership in ministry, join us for the Ministry Leadership Breakfast with Raul Reese starting at 7.45 a.m. Friday, October 17th at the Sheridan Portland Airport. More details on our website, kpdq.com and truetalk800.com. Terry McNabb, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Portland, thank you so much for coming in and joining us today. God bless you and your family, and your church, and all the ministries you're involved in. And thanks again for hosting our Listener Appreciation Night on Thursday, October 16th. Thank you so much, Mike. We are really excited to partner with you and do this, and I'm looking forward to seeing people 
uh, from the Portland area to meet them and just to share the ministry and the love of God with them that night. Thanks for listening to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.